Hey Jen, want to talk about the challenges of spontaneous sex with kids in the house? You know I hate surprises. Great! Today we're going to discuss this topic and more surprises as we share a few segments from a recent live Q&A session. Let's do it. to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, intimatecovenant.com. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Intimate Covenant Podcast. We are so glad you are with us, and we are so glad to be back, although maybe a little sad, actually, to be back. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I'm <laughs> excited or glad to be back from a fabulous family vacation to Glacier National Park. Let's be clear. It was a family trip. Oh, that's right, because a vacation is when you and I go alone. Yes, yes. But a trip is what we take with the kids. <laughs> yes, and we had a lovely trip uh, to Glacier National. Uh, checked another national park. Actually, well, two national parks if you count the Canadian National Park. Yeah, Waterton. our first Canadian National Park went up to Waterton. Uh, spent the day in Canada. So yeah. we're look at us, international travelers. International <laughs> National Park travelers. Uh, Yeah, we had a great time with the kids, saw so many amazingly beautiful things. It was gorgeous. Enjoyed beautiful weather. uh, Yeah. Then came back to 100 plus degrees and humidity in Houston. It was funny. The kids have, uh, we've all laughed about the fact that the week that we were there, like the the people from Montana, what do you call that? Montana? Montanians? What, what, what do we'll you go, Montana people call yourself? We'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> Anyhow, they kept saying like, oh, we're so sorry. The weather's so warm this week. The highs were like 85. We were like, this is what Christmas is for yeah, us. It, right? does, it doesn't even get below 85 during the summer here. So. Oh, we had a great time. Great weather. Lots and lots and lots of hiking. Yes. Our legs are a little sore. They're ready for us to be home and take it a little bit more easy. Uh, 40, 40 plus miles of hiking, 6,000 plus feet of elevation gains. Uh, we did some work uh, <laughs> to did. see some of the beautiful things that we saw, but no regrets. It Had was a great beautiful. time. beautiful. Glacier National Park definitely needs to be on everybody's must-see list. It's just phenomenal. If you love national parks like we do, Write us and tell us. We would love to hear yeah, from you about your national there? park uh, recommendations yeah. or what you do, what you like to do. We would love to talk national parks with you. That's right, because I am a trip planner. We try to do national park trips at least every two years. So we're back from this trip, which means we got time to start planning the next one. Gotta plan tell us where one. we should go. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, though, listeners. Does your financial situation remind you of a grueling 15-mile uphill hike through treacherous mountainous terrain? (laughs) If so, you need to meet our friend at Open Door Financial Advisors. That's right. You need Derek with Open Door Financial Advisors. You can contact him at opendoorfa.com. Derek will help you solve your financial problems and help you build a future around your values and around your dreams. 
so uh, whether it's your cash flow, whether it's paying off debt, whether it's figuring out how much and where to save or how to invest and anything else that your money is touching or that you're dealing with, uh, Derek and Open Door Financial Advisors are there to guide you through the hills and valleys <laughs> of your financial life. Uh, but uh, we're keeping where they are keeping an eye on your eternal destination yeah. as well, where faith and family meet finances. Open Door Financial Advisors, opendoorfa.com. Give them a call. All right, so we are back from our trip and we are ready to head out again here in a few weeks to another Marriage Day location. Uh, the end of August, coming up super fast, we will be in St. Louis area. Yeah, we're really looking forward to this as well. This has been in the in the planning stages for quite some time, and we're very anxious to meet uh, some of the folks out there, and yeah. they seem to be excited to meet us as well. So we're, we're very, uh, very much looking forward to this. A new location. We've never done anything in the St. Louis area there. You know so what's in St. Louis. There is a national a park. A national park. We've yes. actually been to that one. It was not a national park when we <laughs> were there, true. though. So I think we are going to need to drive by and take the official national park sign but picture. At least get a <laughs> mug or something at the, at the gift right. store. So if you're in the St. Louis area or... You want to travel there and join us at the National Park and then at the Marriage Day? Hey. We would love to have you. So it's uh, Saturday, August 26th will be the Marriage Day. And you can register for that at IntimateCovenant.com backslash STL. We're also doing a Kingdom Singles event there for any uh, unmarried folks that you might know or want to recommend. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, godly sexuality while you're single, how to handle that, uh, and preparing for marriage by dating with some intentional and uh, intentionality and purpose. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're going to cover some of those topics on that uh, that night on Friday night, August twenty fifth. You can. It is a free event, but you do need to register so we can be prepared for uh, the numbers and the materials that are going to be there. Uh, You can register there for that event at intimatecovenant.com slash STL singles. And that's for singles of all ages. All ages. You know, typically people think, oh, we're talking to maybe later high school or early 20s. Um, But we are happy to have singles of all ages. Um, So please share the word, tell your friends. um, If you're unmarried, you are invited. Yes, Yes, exactly. So we're excited about that. So today's episode actually comes from our last uh, marriage day, marriage weekend, and that was when we were out in the Seattle area. Yes, we had a lovely time out there, uh, met some lovely people, had a great time uh, meeting them and, and even being able to enjoy some of the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today's episode, like Jen said, we're sharing a few segments uh, from the live Q&A session that we uh, held at that event, uh, live anonymous Q&A uh, questions submitted by the uh, attendees, and uh, we just went through the list. We never get to all of the questions, but we did get to quite a few of them. And I will say that the quality of the questions at this event were really top-notch. Yeah. Very thoughtful questions uh, really uh, forced us to to really kind of dig deep to answer yeah. some of these questions. <laughs> they were um, deep think deep thinkers there. Truly, truly. <laughs> so we definitely appreciated that, appreciated um, their participation in that. So you'll hear some of those questions. Uh, we never have time to share all of them on a single episode as well. So maybe we'll save some of those others for later on, perhaps, if we need them. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that uh, here in just a minute. But 
We do want to invite you. If you have uh, questions or comments or feedback about the show, we certainly would love to hear from you. Feedback, or sorry, podcast at intimatecovenant.com, mm-hmm. podcast at intimatecovenant.com, or go to our website, intimatecovenant.com slash podcast, and click on the button, contact the podcast, and you can submit that question anonymously if you would prefer. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the show. Please explain deeper what you mean by saying that newness in sex is required. Okay, that's a good question. Because what I think, what a lot of people here, especially pursuers here, is that yes, finally you're you're somebody's telling my wife that she has to do more than one position, <laughs> and that's not what I mean by that. I know. Um, you can have newness in your sexual relationship without ever changing positions, as long as your goal is to continue to pursue connection. Because every time, if, if your goal is connection, not necessarily um, the manner in which you're having sex, if your goal is connection, then every time that you come together, there will be some new point of connection. If you are building that intimacy, if you're building your relationship, if you are continuing to seek your spouse and find them, then every experience is different, even if you're doing it in, quote, the same way every time. I mean, is every, is every worship service the same? I mean, don't we, like, do the same do things point, over yeah. and over and over again? Sometimes there's a little bit of variety in how we do it, or sometimes we change the order or the number of songs, and wow, that gets that's crazy out <laughs> blows people's minds. But it doesn't have to, right? I mean, there's still the newness there every time. This, there's every conversation between you and your spouse is different. Every engagement is still different. But it has to be going. You have to 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 have newness. If you're doing the same thing, to have newness in that experience means that you have to go there looking for connection can't just show up and hope that it all works out or show up and just go through the same ritual every time. There has to be some mental and emotional and spiritual preparation going there if you expect to find something new there. When we put our focus on what we're doing instead of why we're doing it, then, then we miss it. But again, if the goal is connection, not orgasm, or the goal is not what can we do specifically if the goal is connection then every time becomes new and it de-emphasizes what we do to get there mm-hmm. and that but, and then the beauty of that is that can travel across the longevity of your marriage no matter what your bodies are or are not capable of doing you've learned how to get the right thing out of sex and that the sexual relationship you had is is not necessarily just built around this, you know, specific act, but rather it is about the connection that we share. And so that connection can be shared with or without orgasms. That connection can be shared no matter what bodies are or are no longer capable of doing. Um, And it is then you are able to know and be known by one another in such a fuller way. 
All right, how to increase romantic intimacy when life isn't romantic. Amen. <laughs> right? Everyday life is not a Hallmark movie. Even though you people are living, like, right down the road from where, like, half the Hallmark movies are filmed, right? So, come on, y'all's life has to be romantic, right? you got to figure it's this not. out. <laughs> it's not. So, that I love this question. Like, our everyday life isn't romantic. So, what... How do we increase romantic intimacy? I guess I would start with, well, how do you define romance? Maybe it just begins with you've got to redefine what you think is romantic. Be, be willing to see uh, even ordinary things as extraordinary. And, and one of the, um, oh man, I can't remember the guy's name. Steven Snyder. Yes, he, he talks about, uh, yes, a guy, thank you, man, uh, Steven Snyder um, wrote a book, um, it has a long title, but basically the, the, the premise, one of the premises in his book is to sanctify the ordinary. That is how you have meaningful, long-lasting relationships. Mm -hmm. Sanctify the ordinary, and that means simply just learn to see ordinary moments and learn to make them into something that is bigger. Mm -hmm. Take the, the opportunity. When, if you only have five minutes to spend with your spouse, then make the most of it. Actually engage. Actually put your phone down. Actually turn the TV off. Actually talk to each other if you only have five minutes a day. Take the moment that could be just ordinary where you could just plop down on the couch turn on some mindless Netflix series and binge 10 episodes before you fall asleep on the couch. Instead of that, maybe we could sanctify this moment and make it into something that is more useful. And I think this goes back even and ties in even to our advice to schedule sex. If you know that Tuesday night is our time together, then that means throughout the day Tuesday, do the steps to Enjoy the anticipation. If you're a young mama, that means take a nap when the kids take a nap so you're not dead exhausted at 10 p.m. Um, you know, whatever it is, whatever it looks like, when daddy gets home, you get to go and take a bath and relax a little bit longer and preparation. I mean, those are everyday, regular old Tuesday nights, but they can become romantic when you put in the work to make it places of connection. You know, we're not living Hallmark movies, so stop expecting your spouse to be a Hallmark movie star, right? Stop expecting that somebody else's job, it's somebody else's job to turn me on, to be romantic. It is not. It is your own job to connect yourself to your sexuality and your sexual desire with your beloved. And so if that's what you mean by romantic, how do, I, how do I enjoy all those feelings of anticipation and arousal? Well, stop waiting for someone else to do that and start doing the work yourself of, of in, learning to anticipate enjoyment with your beloved. Well, yeah, I would add, I mean, if you only had 24 hours to live, would you spend that time doing laundry or doing the dishes? <laughs> Would you spend that time cleaning the laundry, cleaning the living room or the kitchen? No, you wouldn't spend any time doing that. 
And yet, that's what, even when we know that we have special time set aside for our spouse, or we, we, we want to have this special time with our spouse, we spend all of our time doing things that don't move us in that direction at all. We spend a lot of time and effort doing meaningless things. That are still going to be there tomorrow, right? Like, we, Laundry we, is going to be recreated tomorrow, right? <laughs> the, the bills will still be there. Trust me, if you forget, they'll still remind you again. Um, it's all they'll going to be... even send you colorful paper the yeah. next time they remind you. How fun is that? <laughs> all those things will be there. And so, now that said, it it's also possible to take even something like folding the laundry or mowing the lawn and turn that into time that is still devoted to your spouse, even if they're not in the same room. What if I folded laundry and I prayed about my spouse? Or what if I folded laundry and I thought about all the um, ways that we could engage our, our bodies together? What if when I'm mowing the lawn, I'm thinking about all the ways in which I appreciate my wife, all the good things that she's done for me? What if I spend you know, an hour mowing the lawn, praying for my spouse and all of the things that they're dealing with. And what if then I came in and that night during our 15-minute check-in with one another, I shared that with my spouse, right? That feels pretty romantic to me. I don't know what your definition of romantic is, but, right? So it's learning to redefine and to see the beauty um, of everyday moments. Sanctify the ordinary. Find those places where you can inject it. Because it doesn't just happen spontaneously. How often should we schedule date nights? As often as you can. <laughs> um, this is going to look different depending on what stage of life you're in. Um, when you are in the stage of life that your kids can't be left alone, and it requires a whole lot of effort to get a babysitter. Maybe you don't have family living nearby. Maybe it requires, you know, um, extra money to pay a babysitter. Obviously, that's going to influence your ability to enjoy date night. Um, that said, you can also redefine date night. You can also recognize that there are different levels of date night. If by date night we simply mean dedicated intentional time together I'm gonna to encourage you to do that every week now sometimes it will look like leaving your home sometimes it's just putting the kids to bed a little bit early and eating dinner on the back porch together but and it doesn't have to be date night either it could be date breakfast or mm -hmm. whatever works best <coughs> for your particular circumstance right but I, I think as a general rule I would say, we would say that once a week, minimum, there should be intentional time with one another. When we say date night, what we mean is intentional time for meaningful conversation. It doesn't mean going out and watching a movie. Because watching or going a movie, on a double date with, you know, 20 other friends, which is a lot of fun. That's but fun. But that's not bonding you two. And th those things are just distractions. Right. If, if, your, if your time is that valuable that you can only come together and have a date night once a month, why would you choose to spend those three hours distracted watching some fantasy on the screen? What have you, how have you drawn closer by being distracted? I mean, you, you can't. So 
it's not that I hate movies, not that I'm saying don't go to movies ever, but I'm saying if, if you're, and we, we made this mistake all the time when we were younger. We were like, oh, we're finally free. Let's go do something and be completely distracted. Well, yeah, I mean, you can play putt-putt or go bowling or whatever, and there's value to that, certainly, and that might be part of your date night. But unless you're you taking that chance to also have intentional, deep, the kind of conversations that require more than five minutes of time with each other, um, to me, we wasted a lot of opportunity um, because we were doing things that were just distracting rather than, than forcing real, deep, meaningful conversation. And I think another aspect of date night should be the enjoyment of connection in all realms of intimacy together. So there should be a part of your date night that is building towards arousal with one another. That should be an extension of the enjoyment of all the levels of connection. So if your definition of date night is we go stare at a movie for three hours, we hardly talk and we get home and then I'm going to expect some amazing fireworks in the bedroom. Really? What did you do to really make sure that that was all about connection? You didn't. Um, But if you've had a great meal together, you've enjoyed a great conversation, you've even just enjoyed being outside together and the enjoyment of that connection then can lead you into the enjoyment together in the bedroom. That's a different experience. What are some ways we can be spontaneous with sex while kids are in the house? Especially kids that might know what might be happening. <laughs> Great question. We certainly have lived that life and uh, especially so the last um, 10 years or so. You can't stay up later than teenagers, right? I mean, all of us moms that are te- uh, moms of teenagers, you are not going to stay up later than them. So you do have yes. to learn how to... They can definitely outlast you. <laughs> they will outlast uh, you. At night. Um, That's right. When they're little, you can put them in bed and close their doors. And that doesn't happen as teenagers. <laughs> that, that said, I, I, will, I will continue to say this, have said this. Your kids should know that you have a great sex life. They don't need to know how and when you have a great sex life. But they should know that you have a great sex life. Because what what more do you want for your children than to have the amazing joy and intimacy of the kind of relationship that you have? I mean, I want my kids to have even better marriage than I have. And so I, I want them to know that what we have is so incredible, it is worth having. And I want them to know that it's nothing to be there's nothing to be ashamed of about that and it is desired and it is god-given and it is a blessing but i agree that they don't necessarily need to know the wins and wheres right mm-hmm. um so there there is a balance in in that um our kids from the time that they could walk we tried to enforce on them that our bedroom is a sacred place. They had to have explicit permission to enter our bedroom. Like, even if the door's open, they still have to stand and ask for permission or knock before they come into our bedroom. Because they knew that it is 
a special place. Now, when they're two years old, that means something different than when they're 16, but they know what happens in our bedroom and they know that they can't just walk in anytime they want. They know that it is our room, it is our place, and they need to have permission. And that was one small way, maybe people think I'm a child abuser, but that is a small way that we, one of many small ways that we try to enforce to our kids that they don't run the show. This is, it's our house, our marriage, our marriage came first, and it will always be first, and it will be last. Um, and so that is what we try to instill and enforce to our children. Well, and within that, we spent plenty of time in our room with the bedroom door closed, and, you know, exciting fireworks were not happening. So... <laughs> Our kids knew that we treated our bedroom as our sanctuary. And, you know, I've always tried to have a little sitting area in our room for that purpose, that we can go there and we can enjoy coffee together. I mean, that gets to the whole make your master bedroom all... Oh, oh it's primary bedroom. We can't call it master bedroom anymore. Make your primary bedroom all about your marriage. It is not an office. It is not a laundry heap. It is not a store all it is definitely not your kids room it is your room and so put things and in, in place in that room that make it a place that you want to go um, so our kids always knew that mom and dad will be in the, their room and they don't know what we're doing you know um, but they knew that was our they know that that is our special place now the part of the question is what are some ways we can be spontaneous with sex while kids are in the house. Well, you might have to redefine your definition of spontaneous. Um, you might also have to redefine the value of spontaneous sex. Mm -hmm. I, I would submit to you that no one has spontaneous sex. Every time you think you did something spontaneous, there were moments and moments and moments leading up to that that made it actually capable of happening. You can't just behave any way you want <laughs> and then expect that sex is just gonna happen randomly. You're constantly building that romantic relationship. You're constantly fueling or not fueling the intimacy in your relationship. So it's never spontaneous. It's not like you just randomly got together and sex just happens to happen. That doesn't, it's not how life works. You don't just walk into a room and suddenly you just are drawn to each other and you accidentally have sex. <laughs> not even in Las Vegas. Not even in my house does that happen. <laughs> What you're doing is you're constantly building, and, f and when the moment is right, maybe that's when some things happen. But one of you was planning something. I can assure you, one of you was planning something. It was not spontaneous. Maybe both of you were planning something. But um, the way that you increase opportunities for spontaneous sex, the quote-unquote spontaneous sex, is you increase opportunities to build connection. Mm -hmm. But... When you have lots of kids, that's a challenge, certainly. Sometimes you just have to do it quietly. And there's a, you know, there's something to be said for loud, crazy sex, but there's also something to be said for quiet as you can and trying to hold everything back in. That could be just as passionate. Um, sometimes you have to change the time of day. Sometimes you have to send the kids to soccer practice or to grandparents' house or friend's house and you just have to find ways to be creative but if I can assure all of you there's no one that is too busy and has too many kids 
to have a meaningful, passionate sexual relationship if you are willing to put in the time and the effort to be creative enough. What are some ways a responder can work to prepare during the day for intimacy later? I'm assuming by intimacy you mean sex. Somebody was afraid to type out the word sex. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, well, if I take this question from that mindset, um, how can a responder work to be ready to respond to an initiation? Um, I, said, I said a while ago that it's your job to do the work to turn yourself on. And by that I mean we have this mistaken belief that somebody else has to do all the right things in order for me to be able to tap into my sexual desire. Um, I think I'm going to challenge that because I don't think that's a healthy mindset and I don't think that's how we're really the best way to go about seeking oneness with our spouse. So as a responder, I might have a body that doesn't just naturally desire sex. Um, and so it's going to be my job to use whatever aspects of my body I can use for my benefit. By that I mean especially female responders. Your brain is created, all, all females, our, our brains are created really in story mode. I, I like to call it. So you think about when do we, when we get a group of women together, what happens? We start telling each other our stories, right? And there'll be like 10 stories happening at a time. And ladies, we can follow all those stories, right? No problem. Because we are meant, we're created in this way. We tell stories. Our brains are, are that way naturally. Uh, side note, I think that's the image of God within us. How did God himself choose to reveal himself to us? A lot through story, right? Um, it wasn't a list of facts. Yeah. It wasn't bullet points like right. I would have. So stories are powerful. Now, what does that have to do with sex? Well, stories are powerful. Your brain can and should help create the story of you and your beloved. So Matt mentioned folding laundry, and this has like become the joke in a lot of intimate covenant circles that I have mentioned multiple times that folding laundry is a great time as a woman to put my mind to work, create the story of what it would be like <coughs> to be intimate, sexual with my beloved. Allow my brain to create that story. And you think, oh, well, I don't know. I can't do that. But I've seen how you all decorate your houses. I've seen the birthday parties you throw for your children. I've seen your Pinterest boards. I have seen how creative you really are. My challenge is, can you take that creativity, can you take that natural inclination for story and make it about you and your beloved? And this is biblical. This is what's in the Song of Songs. The bride who does most of the talking is creating scenarios that she, and imagining what she would like to do with her beloved. She imagines the garden they're going to be in. She imagines what he's going to say to her. She imagines what he's going to do, what she's going to do to him. Or she recalls memories. Or if, she recalls if, if you memories. Can't, if you yeah. can't start with a, a, something from thin air, then start with memory. Right. And so this is how you as a responder can work <coughs> towards intimacy. 
is allow your mind, the story part of your mind to tie into your desire to, to be sexual with your beloved. Um, and then just do the practical things like maybe take the nap or make an easier dinner that doesn't require so much cleanup. Like don't be afraid to do the steps even practically to make your life easier come 10 p.m. Stop waiting for 10 p.m. to like all of a sudden magically you're going to have all these, this energy. And this is the night I'm going to have energy at 10 I'm, I'm going to hang from the chandelier this Tuesday night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Can the afterglow actually be a foreglow? Um, one way that I would take that question is, um, first of all, I guess the, the answer is yes, right? We'll just say the answer is yes. <laughs> um, but what, in one way, what I mean by that, and um, maybe it's by saying sort of the opposite, but... Um, one person says that um, foreplay, and, and I don't really like that term for a number of reasons, but um, foreplay start, should start five minutes after your last orgasm rather than five minutes before your next. And I think the point of that statement, it's a clever, clever way of saying that, but I think the point of that is that your, your whole life your whole relationship together should be afterglow. Your whole experience together should be capitalizing on the intimacy that you have been building and the intimacy that you intend to build. That we too often take it for granted that our spouse is always gonna be there. Um, today, one of our very, one of our close friends at church is burying his wife who died at a um, in her 30s. They have three small kids. Um, it, you you don't have promise of tomorrow. And so, um, sanctify the ordinary. Take advantage of those opportunities as you have opportunity. Um, and realize that your afterglow here is a foreglow because that's what it's all about. It is a small taste, a little glimmer of what's to come. And won't it be amazing? And so create within your married life, especially within your sex life, glimpses of heaven. Because that's the whole point. Well, that's all the time we have for questions for this episode. Stay tuned. Maybe we'll post some of those other questions at a later date. Um, but uh, we, again, would certainly love to hear from you if you have any questions, feedback, or if you have comments, or if we got something wrong, if you have a better answer <laughs> for the questions that we answered uh, today, we certainly would love to hear from you. Podcast at IntimateCovenant.com or go to the website IntimateCovenant.com slash podcast, and you can uh, uh, submit anonymous questions through the website. Thanks again to Derek and Open Door Financial Advisors for sponsoring the podcast. Contact Open Door at opendoorfa.com.
Thanks to all of you for listening, subscribing, rating, and sharing the podcast. We are truly humbled by all your encouragement and your support. Thanks especially to our Patreon subscribers for coming alongside us in a very real way. We love you. If you would like to join Intimate Covenant by supporting the podcast and our greater mission to share God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality, you can do that. Subscribe at patreon.com slash intimate covenant. Thanks again. And until next time, keep striving and don't settle.